0: Welcome to the OmniGamers Club Podcast. This is Mark USA. And this is Daniel Winter. How are you today, Mark? Yeah, hey, I'm not too bad. It's been a little while. Uh, sorry about the technical issues.
1: Yes, yeah, we just having we've been trying to get this podcast recorded for several days now and every night it's a, it's a different issue. The the technology is conspiring against us.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's just pray it holds for us uh, for a little while longer. Let's talk about games then. Uh, what have you been playing, sir?
1: Well, I literally just walked in the door five minutes ago. I was out for the first time in in memory uh, at, a, at a board game night. I met a couple of our uh, mutual friends. At a, we have a we don't really we don't really have a board game cafe here in Vancouver. We do have a board game pizza restaurant uh, called Pizzeria Ludica. Uh, they have a they have a couple hundred games that you can. You, Play. Usually, you usually got like say three hours or so to to order some pizza and drinks and and play a few games. So that's a great time. My first time there in about three years. So that was a lot of fun. I finally played Point Salad for the first time. The AEG, oh, sorry uh, Flat Flatout Games, published by AEG but designed by Flatout Games. So that was a fun little drafting game. We only played it the once, very very briefly. So I don't have a lot of strong thoughts just yet. But uh, I've only been to play that one for a while and. Uh, yeah quite a breezy little card drafting you can either draft vegetable cards uh that are basically forming sets of these actual cards or you can draw draft point cards that are worth variable points on certain combinations of vegetables or you can flip those point cards into uh vegetables and so there's a little bit of of planning ahead there and trying to block other people from getting certain vegetables and some, some clever little drafting but uh pretty breezy so that was fun i played bites from board game tables fresh fresh game uh they were they, they literally just added, added it to the collection while we were sitting there uh that was i was I, again i don't have a lot to, to add it was we only played the very light simple introductory version but it, it's basically like camel camel up camel cup i can never remember which one that is <laughs> where, where there's a bunch of ants walking along a trail collecting food but you you no one owns any one particular ant you're moving them collectively so the, in the first one to get to the end of the trail is worth the most points so a little bit of hedging your bets on on one particular variety of food uh so a little bit of in, sort of in bet, light light investment that, that was good fun and played, played another game of Ares Expedition, uh, which we'll be discussing, obviously, shortly. But uh, I another, a fresh play under my belt for that
0: discussion. <laughs> I enjoyed Point Salad quite a bit. That one goes over well with my family, a couple of younger kids. And I heard that uh, there's even in Korea, possibly other countries, there's a Ooh. Pokemon version.
1: Yes, Pokemon Eevee Point Salad. Yes, we're, very, we're big fans of Eevee here, so uh, we're quite keen to try and find an import of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Uh, it would go over in lots of different groups, I'm sure, especially my family with the uh, Pokemon loving kids as well. <laughs> so one game I'm going to mention, uh, just, uh, and you can't stop me because you've been talking about it a lot, is one game called Elden Ring. Yes, I'm very curious how you're getting on with it. (laughs) Yeah, I told you I I bought it a while back and I sort of just dabbled with it and then dropped off and played some other stuff and I've been getting into it and then now just recently I'm getting bored of it. So (laughs) the long story short is uh, it got some hooks into me. I have enjoyed what I've played. I'm going with a um, magic user astrologer build. Okay, it's fun. Because I heard it's a little less intense, and that's just fine for my speed. I've been enjoying exploring the world and going into some of the little mini dungeons, I guess you could call them. And just kind of, you know, touring around. There's some really nice vistas in that game, and there's, you know, there's a real big promise of being able to explore and go anywhere. But kind of without a lot of direction Mm. I'm feeling a little bit meh about things and I'm sure that's just a temporary thing but I don't think I'm going to be as intense about it moving forward I don't think it's going to be an every night thing I think it's going to be like a once or twice a week thing I haven't written it off but you know it's it's not uh, it's not <laughs> got as deep hooks in me as I'll say that
1: I will say that the locations get a lot more interesting as you go uh, there is quite a bit of diversity in in setting what you're doing generally never really changes. I mean, it, obviously each enemy is approached in a different way, but your tool set is largely the same for 150 hours. So you have to really enjoy that core loop. I mean, you'll get different spells. You'll feel like there'll be ups and downs of feeling more powerful depending on where you go or or hopelessly underpowered as it were. But yeah, I mean, I, I I really enjoyed that game for three quarters of it <laughs> before I hit the, the, the difficulty war towards the end. But you, you have to be willing to sell. It's very much a self-guided exploration game because you can't really go anywhere you can, but the the, the level battle, the difficulty balancing is such a way that it's really a good idea to follow a pretty linear path. And it doesn't explain to
0: you what that path is. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, I understand that. I know that there's different things to come. You know, I'm level like 40 or something, and I just am hitting a hump where it's not that compelling. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fine. I don't think it has to be. I'm not nuts for it, but that's fine. I see lots of good things about it, so I'll probably go back. Yeah, how about you? Playing anything else? Yeah, well, I mean, now that I'm I'm
1: done with Elden Ring, I've been picking away at a a bunch of uh, other smaller indie games, uh, largely on. Game Pass, throw another coin in the bucket there. Uh, I, I think I mentioned it before uh, that I've been playing Bug Snacks, which I finished this last week, and I, I was a bit hot and cold in that game. The and I went into it for the bugs. The, the like these Pokemon style creatures that you're catching, and you stayed for the
0: snacks, right?
1: Well, I stayed for the the Muppets, the Grumpuses, the sort of townsfolk that you meet. Uh, the the the, bug, the actual bug catching ended up being a little tedious because it's very much physics puzzles. And once you've once you've caught one, using that puzzle like executing it again and waiting for the the, the them to run their loop and fall into the trap can be a little bit time consuming and tedious. But the so that so you, you have this central town that you've uh, these th- thirteen Grumpuses. There, these ind- nondescript Muppet-type creatures have moved into this town on this island, and but just before you arrived, they all abandoned it and went off. They had a big fight, went in separate ways, and so as you get there, your main sort of drive is to basically find them all and bring them back to the town and and sort of reunite them all. Uh, so that's basically the main drive of the game, and you're doing that via finding bug snacks for them is <laughs> sensibly and they're all very tropey characters there like there's one that's just a jock and there's one that's a conspiracy theorist and one that's like a Snoopy gossip girl and they, they it, it, at, at first they all appeal appear pretty uh, unlikable and grating as the game goes on they all develop like, a surprising amount of character depth and self-awareness and like they go through like they talk through their their issues and neuroses and like have these self-realizations and it's it's really quite heartening by the end and it, it's it f- fits one of my favorite sort of little tropes you get in, in games where you're basically building up a town like as as You're finding these characters. They're coming back and they're repairing the town, and it's getting bigger. And there's more people wandering around. And you're you're going back to this town to collect missions, and you're constantly seeing it growing and evolving, which is like it's one of my favorite things in video games. It's a nice little touch. And I think my daughter agrees. Like I I expected her to like the bug snacks, but she is obsessed with (laughs) with these grumpuses. Like even though I'm finished the game, I still have to turn it on once a day. She wants to go say hello to Wiggle and. Wambus and all all these characters she just loves them so much
0: that game does look very intriguing Uh, i haven't cracked it open yet but uh, i am interested and i'm sure you won't spill the beans but i understand there's kind of more more to that game than uh, meets the eye on the surface level
1: there are twists it didn't go quite as dark as i was expecting it's a, it's a very irreverent game and even when it goes dark it does so in a very irreverent way uh, i'll say that but the, the, the big surprise to me was how heartening the characters were in the end uh, and i think that was quite satisfying how it all wraps up on a, on a character level so it's worth
0: worth tr- giving a try just re- was reminded when you said game pass that i had been playing a little game called um it's called floppy nights Yes, yes, it's interesting. I've- I think uh, we might be talking about it in the future, so I won't go too deep into it. But it's 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 kind of cool. It's like a deck building game meets a little title called Advance Wars. I don't know if you enjoy that one, but it's a very you know lo-fi tactical pieces on a map sort of game, uh, which I enjoy. And it's a little bit of a slow burn, but uh, it's revealing some. Kind of cool sides to it, so uh, I'm gonna keep playing that.
1: Yeah, I, I played a only a couple of levels of that. I'm very, I'm very early in the tutorial, uh, but it's another another one of those deck building but games that's, that's very much in vogue right now. But uh, looking forward to trying some more of that one.
0: Right, the other game is one I borrowed from the library called Star Ocean: Integrity and Faithlessness. Mm-hmm. This is in the long running. Uh, Star Ocean series, this one for PS4. Uh, yes, I do play the PS4 or the PlayStation <laughs> platforms. And this one is fairly generic JRPG. You hardly get to see the spaceships, which, you know, mm. uh, that's not really a spoiler. Each Star Ocean game has at least one spaceship in it, so it's more of a sci-fi bent, but it does have <laughs> generic JRPG fantasy uh, tropes galore. I booted up an older Star Ocean on from three sixty on, on on the Xbox recently through backwards compatibility. And it was pretty hard to play. I dropped that right away. This one's a little bit more modern, but it's it's kinda kinda hard to play after playing some newer titles like the latest Tales game, Final Fantasy remake, not to not not to mention newer less JRPG-style ones like Elden Ring. It's a little bit hard to play. I think I might be going away from an old genre I loved called (laughs) JRPGs. I really haven't played any single one that's impressed me in the last five years, probably. So Mm. I'm a little bummed about that. But, you know, I don't have all the time in the world, so i got to pick and choose. Yeah, I'm relatively new to JRPGs. I've bounced off a
1: bunch in the past, but just in the last couple of years starting to develop a taste for them and I've, I've been very curious about that as like i have not really come across a science fiction GRPG, no I'd, I'd like to 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 try something in that genre but I, I i've made sure where to start with that series
0: the only really good one in my experience has been the original fantasy star games so uh fantasy star one two three four uh for um, the sega systems master system on up to genesis i think four was on uh, or was that the disc system i don't know but it was <laughs> on the sega systems and so they're a little bit a little bit more obscure but uh they they hold up the, i think the mechanisms are quite good final fantasy 2 is still one of my faves and it was one of the earliest games that in my recollection that fe- featured very 80s sci-fi anime style art to it hmm. you're this generic hero who carries a blaster instead of a sword, you have like this cat girl who lives with you for reasons. (laughs) And she slashes people with claws and her armor is somehow ribbons and that protects her somehow. But (laughs) just the fact that there's like an AI that like controls the world and you go through these water filtration systems instead of dungeons, it really captured my sci-fi loving uh, imagination as a kid. And I played it fairly recently on mobile platforms and it holds up pretty well, so I'd recommend that that series. Nice.
1: I mean, trying to revisit some of the older game, like the older Final Fantasy games, with mixed success. Some of them don't really have the the quality quality of life features that we're familiar with. So some of, some of the some of them are getting some nice remasters. I know you mentioned you, you hadn't really played one in the last five years that you got on with. I, I don't remember if we've
0: discussed. Dragon Quest 11, is it the latest one in that series? You know, I've tried to play Dragon Quest 11 and I think that game looks beautiful. I and I think it even plays really smoothly. Mm. It just uh, I tried to play it for the first, I don't know, 10 hours maybe like on three separate occasions. The slow burn, <laughs> it's super slow and the the mechanisms are they're executed very smoothly, but they're also like dull as dishwater. Yeah, it's very, very tropey, old school. So that did not capture me. <laughs> I mean, if you promise <laughs> that there's something exciting in the 15th hour or the 20th hour... Yeah, uh, it was a fun twist. I'll, I'll,
1: put, I'll give them that. Uh, I, it was more that it was just very smooth, I, and partly because I haven't played dozens of, of GRPGs, I I wasn't completely burnt out from those tropes uh, and just appreciate how how smoothly it played. And, um, oh, yeah.
0: In terms yeah. of polish, I would say that's one of the more impressive ones of the last decade certainly to come out but um you know like i i knew sort of where the lineage of where that was coming from so like there were no no surprises for me there let's just say <laughs> fair
1: enough yes it, it, is, it is um building a lot of nostalgia like like these little side quest areas where you you go back in time to, to 2d renderings of all of all of the previous games uh, in a very retro style <laughs>
0: Yeah, Dragon Quest is a cultural phenomenon in, in the country of its origin, Japan. It's synonymous with video games and the boom era of the Japanese uh, bubble economy. So uh, it really means a lot to them culturally. Like they have, you know, like you have Dragon Quest slimes on pop cans and you know bus <laughs> ads and things like that. So it's it's not strange that it's just in the zeitgeist. Although there's yeah. the new Yakuza game, it's literally
1: about how much this, this one guy loves Dragon Quest that he views the whole world through that lens.
0: <laughs> it's so built into the culture. You know, it's like Pac- Pac-Man fever to them. Huh, well, But uh, yeah, that's definitely a polished game. You're right. I might give that another shot, but uh, it didn't capture me the first two or three times. No, fair enough. <laughs> Did you play anything else? Which I did
1: finish a couple of other little things. I I'm, I'm right at the end of finishing Sable, uh, another little exploration-heavy oh, cool. game. Uh, it's 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 interesting. It's very like it's a little like Breath of the Wild. You're roaming this wide open space, uh, but it's very much desert dune sort of setting. Uh, you got, you got a speeder bike. You're zipping around over the dunes, but it, it, it's it's pretty much all exploration and like you're collecting a few things here like you're, you're collecting bugs and climbing towers there's no combat which I, I kind of respect like most games would feel obligated to shoehorn in some arbitrary combat where this just fully commits to that it's just not that game uh so it's a little breath of the wildy the way you, you you're a stamina bard you can literally climb anything as long as you've got the stamina to to get, get up there it's a little, a little janky though. The, the The frame rate is deliberately low. It's like it's very low. The frame animation, very low, co- like muted color scheme, especially when the shadow and and light. It's a very striking art style. In some light, it is very hard to read though. Like it's hard to see what's going on. in uh, the frame rate, the the performance is like even though it's low frame rate, it, it's performed quite badly on my like. Top of the line Xbox, uh, it, it freezes up and goes and a lot slower than it's even supposed to. So it's, it's, it's not particularly well optimized, I don't think, sadly. Um, but it, it's a fun little setting, some fun world building, nice to, to chill out in this zone and not worrying about fighting monsters.
0: <laughs> so it's cool how this episode seems to have been the, the sci fi leaning episode, <laughs> which leads us into the game, the main game of the night.
1: Yes, yeah, we're definitely st- staying on the sci-fi train. <laughs> All right? Shall we start talking about that? Let's get into it. So, our featured game for this episode is Terraforming Mars: Ares Expedition, the new spin-off standalone game in the the Terraforming Mars universe. I guess where the original uh, was, I think was it was it just Jacob Frixelius for the
0: original game. I think there might have been, like, help from um, his brother or something like that. There yeah, like, yeah there's there a whole I family went. of Vixelliuses. Uh,
1: <laughs> but this, this is designed by, by Jacob Vixellius, Sydney Engelstein, and Nick Little.
0: Right. And there's a whole cast of artists. Uh, they've done some, uh, spoiler alert, they've done some beautiful artwork. A lot more original artwork than the base game had. No clip art here. There's like half a dozen artists, so I'm not going to name them all. <laughs> Real ensemble, <but> yeah, <laughs> it, it for sure is team effort. This game is published by Fricks Games, as the previous one was, and Stronghold Games in some territories. And so, what kind of game is this, Daniel? I, I think it's fair to say it's a um, bit of a it's a card-heavy game like the base Terraforming Mars, but I would say cards are even more in the forefront here. It's a very much a hand management game very much based on card luck, card draw. But it's not a deck-building game or anything like that. It's it's very much a, you know, you get what you get sort of thing. Or t- tableau building, I guess, and engine
1: building. You're using cards. Like, it's cards are 90% of this game. You, you, you have a, a, a giant deck of what, 200 cards or something like that, and you have, like, 10 or so in your hand at any one time, and you're, you're alternating playing these cards into a tableau, which will either be giving you increasing your income for particular resources or giving you like powering up some of the abilities you have or uh, giving you new actions to take and gradually building out this tableau of resources. I mean, if if you've played the original Terraforming Mars, a lot of this is going to sound very familiar. You've got a, a map of Mars, Though a very much scaled down version compared to the original, and you're basically collectively as a group trying to push up three bars of You've got your oxygen that you need to increase to a certain threshold. You've got your temperature that you need to increase, and your oceans you need to have x number of. I think it's I think it's ten. In this, is it ten or eleven? Ten oceans you need to have to to, to to have terraformed Mars. And even though it's you're collectively terraforming so we are, you're all pushing up the one singular bar for each of those statistics it is a, it is still a competitive game it's just that that is basically a tracker a ra- like a round tracker for when the game is going to end but it's very much player controlled you have to increase you have to put the effort in to increase those gauges to push the game to its inevitable conclusion
0: yeah those tracks sort of act like the base game they act as a game clock mm. Everyone doesn't necessarily benefit from the advancements of those tracks because there are some cards you can only play in the early game when one of those tracks is at a certain spot, some of them that you can only play in the mid game or the late game. So it basically changes the environment, huh? But pun- intended, <laughs> as you play the game, but ultimately, ratcheting those tracks forward brings you closer to the uh, end of the game. And as we found, it's quite a curve. The advancements of those tracks happens very much in the latter third of the game, typically, yes. I would yeah. say. Once it really starts going, it really starts going. And that yeah, you know, ultimately acts as a clock, uh, bringing a game to the close. Other differences from the base game, though, is that this game liberally borrows some mechanisms from similar uh, space-themed games such as Race for the Galaxy. It uses the simultaneous action selection, simultaneous role selection mechanism from the very popular Race for the Galaxy game. I wouldn't say the roles are exactly the same. They're very similar, but with some subtle differences that have some strong gameplay impacts. Uh, As a result, there's a variable phase order because, well, all the phases happen in in the same order, but not all of the phases are going to happen each round. And that keeps things interesting and has a much more of a degree of, you know, reading the other players than the base terraforming Mars does since that was turn-based. In this case, it's simultaneous actions.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess before we get too deep into this one, we should discuss... Our history with the original game. Uh wh- sure. what's what's your experience with terraforming miles?
0: Yeah, my experience is fairly in-depth. I played the physical game, the base game years ago, closer to when it came out. I've played the first couple of expansions. I played the Hellas and Elysium one. Those are the ones that add the different maps and the different milestones and awards, I believe they're called. That's a very basic expansion. And then there's one that's called Venus Next, perhaps. Uh, it's the one that adds a, a whole new track in addition to the other three. That one I didn't enjoy very much at all, but I did play that one physically. And then I've played the Terraforming Mars digital app hundreds of times, hundreds <laughs> and hundreds and hundreds of times. I probably it really the late day, Mark. <laughs> Probably play it Maybe five times a week, maybe more sometimes. Because I, I don't tell my boss, but I just have <laughs> I have a second computer open that's just running digital board games all the time. <laughs> I mostly play that with the computer, so um, that's not exactly the same as playing against other humans real time. But we've done that a couple times recently, which was fun. I have also played the what is it the the one that speeds things up? What's that called the the press pre- prelude prelude? that's what it's oh right right i played the prelude expansion which i know some people are not very hot on but i think it's fine if you're if you're really experienced with the game i like things that will get you to the meat of the game faster and that certainly does get you to the meat of the game faster it's 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 like a little toy chest where where you can get Mm. a little magical item at the start of your journey and and that i actually enjoy quite a bit but i would recommend that as a more experienced player of the base game
1: interesting yeah i i don't think i don't think i've tried prelude that's, that's part of my problem with this game is there's so many uh i mean both expansions but there's different ways of, of playing it it's really hard i can't really objectively say i can't, I can't really critique the game because it, it sort of shifts and morphs in, in so many different ways depending on how which which variants you're playing with i've only played in person once at a convention I think was the last Shucks, so it's like three or four years ago, and it left a, a, a good impression. I, I quite liked the game, uh, other than being a little taken aback by the production values. I mean, it, it, the game does have an arc. You, you start out like with very few resources, and you're trying to build your engine and just generate resources. And that as that ramps up, you can put more effort into the actual terraforming aspect, and that sort of escalates exponentially. So, there is an arc to how the, the sort of what you focus on, how that changes over the course of the game, but it's so slow, sort of glacially slow for like an hour or so, the first hour or so. It's just building up and building up that it, it, it takes a little too long to just play out what it's trying to do. I mean, I guess if you're you're playing with a full group of experienced people, you could probably get through it fairly quickly. But if there's any uncertainty, it's going to take three hours, basically. That's been my experience.
0: (laughs) Uh, Seeing as you've only played it once in uh, person, I would think a lot of that time was from unfamiliarity with the the game. I, I don't have any of those complaints in terms of speed for the base game sans uh, a lot of the uh, expansions of course you you throw in a a, a half a dozen expansions of course you can bloat any any type game so i'm not saying there's no possibility of a (laughs) long game yeah i think you could say that a lot about most games that have a decent amount of strategy to them
1: I mean, obviously it depends if you're if you're drafting or like so what what variant you're using could easily drag that out as well i mean we i have played a couple of times in in on digital we, we have the digital app now we played a couple of times we played it on stream a month or so ago uh and i think even that just the two of us took i mean we' were, we were also chatting on stream but it, it took like three and a half hours i think just to play a two-player game i mean we weren't even drafting so, I, I mean, it, it, it can just overstay its welcome, I think. And that's it's kind of setting up for, I think, what we're going to discuss in Ares Expedition and how that changes things a bit. <laughs> sure. I mean, that, that is all to say that it is obviously a very much more streamlined game. You don't have the map. Like the, the original Covering Mars, you have this map that you're placing tiles onto that it was, had a lot of... Adjacency bonuses and you're, you're jostling for positions and trying to block each other and that was that was a a big part of that game and that is completely gone here and the the cards are largely the same but and it's just focusing exclusively on on those basically the cards that will, will build up your income and give you resources to resources for the sake of resources then spend on on terraforming. You're not really building up a a, a sort of Mars empire here like you are in the original.
0: If you're coming from base terraforming Mars, the cards are the most familiar aspect of the game. The hand cards, I mean, not the the role selection cards. They're very, very similar. Most of them have the same names as the cards you may uh, be experienced with. So they're going to take very little time for you to adapt to them although there are some subtle distinctions which i will probably talk about at some point but that aspect of things is very familiar the size of the deck is about the same as in the base game as well and as the expansions come out it's going to bloat the size of the deck uh, a great deal i would imagine so those aspects of the game are, are very similar i would say You know, the thing that surprised me when I heard initially about the concept of Ares Expedition is you've heard of so many games called X-Game the card game, right? (laughs) And I think no one could in all honesty call this game Terraforming Mars the card game. It's a closer cousin. It's certainly not my first Terraforming Mars. It's not even a particularly deeply streamlined game. Some have called it, okay, I'll be honest, I have called it Race for the Galaxy (laughs) Plus Plus. I think it promises to be streamlined like Race for the Galaxy, but it doesn't quite cut it. Even the fact that there is a Mars board, which quite honestly doesn't need to be there. I think it's a literal waste of space it could have been handled as a deck of cards. Hmm. Uh, I think it's only there for table presence, which I can't exactly blame the publishers for including. Maybe some people argued that it needed to have some table presence. I I think it, it's 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 a ridiculous waste to have that in there. The other tracks they could be, have been a lot smaller. They didn't need to curve around the map. The board is a lot tinier. Each player still has a player mat which is essentially 80% of the size or the complexity of the base game player mat. The retail version, the non-target version, comes with the little uh, recessed tracks. Dual jewel- like, boards, yeah. Which is kind of nice, but still unnecessary as well. So what I'm trying to get across here is that it's not really streamlined, and if it is, it's only by about 10 or 15%. Arthur I'm going to push back on you there. I, I mean,
1: obviously, I'm, I'm talking for someone who isn't super experienced with the original game, but it, it feels like it, I mean, you're really narrowing down that arc of the game into about an hour here. Uh, and I mean, I've, I've played this enough times that I can get through it pr- fairly quickly. And so you, you're basically accelerating the whole arc. It, it, you're following the same arc, but in a much accelerated time span with less moving pieces to worry about, you can just focus on the cards, and without all this fluff on the out on the edges, like the the maps and the the drafting, and take, having to take an action just to discard a card for money and things like that. I mean, I'll, I'll allow you the uh, the UI. I think of that the main board definitely does feel a little extraneous. We we're just discussing tonight how the the oceans it's like they're quite a fiddly the way they're they're sort of stacked in amongst each other. You really should just have a deck of cards, I think. It would be a little easier. It's just—it's a little
0: nostalgia, I think, for that you have to have a map of, of Mars
1: there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna unload a laundry list of things I miss from the base game. My base game is still there, though. <laughs> a little bit later, so I, I won't—I won't belabor it now. No one's taking it away from you. <laughs> I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying it's not streamlined because okay. it's—it's it's not. Uh, even the time that it takes to play the game, there are elegant things about the base game that play more clearly, more obviously, and more smoothly than the so-called streamlined version does. So uh, I would argue that perhaps time is saved, but it's not a smoother experience. But we're allowed to a different perspective. Yeah, I, I, I,
1: I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I guess we should, we should get into... To how that's the case? I mean, so w- w- what exactly is different here then? So, uh, in that in
0: in that sense, to get into this more, <laughs> I think we have to talk more in depth about the uh, the role selection, the excellent, yeah, okay. that's, that's a good angle, yeah. Which I uh, very callously called it "race for the galaxy." Based, it's not exactly; it's quite similar. One who didn't pay attention would actually miss a lot of the subtlety. The main difference for Race for the Galaxy was the order of the actions is different. Exactly what the actions are are different, although some are the same. Now, this, is, this isn't this is making any sense to anyone who doesn't know Race for the Galaxy. Well, yes,
1: yet. that's exactly But that. a key <laughs> distinction
0: from Race for the Galaxy is that you yourself are not allowed to choose the action that you cho- chose in a previous round. Mm-hmm. So in that sense... There's an additional wrinkle to the mind reading that when you know that a player has played produce in a previous round, you know that they will not play produce again this round. That's a guarantee. There's
1: only one of four possible cards they could play next round.
0: And some of that was uh, actually added a little bit of overhead because you, you did have to track that. If you're into the habit of that, it becomes second nature. But it was an adjustment certainly coming from Race for the Galaxy. I kind of think that was unnecessary because Uh, you do by the nature of race for the galaxy style mechanism, as in each action gives everyone a effect and you yourself an additional bonus effect. You are still, there is still a trade off, right? By choosing something. Mm. If you chose production every single round for 10 rounds, you'd still be benefiting the other players a great deal. So it's not as though that limitation is really doing anything other than you know giving you something to track. Something feels like it's more of a nothing you have to track.
1: It feels like it's more of a balance concern to me that it's stopping you from just being a chain, the same thing over and over again. To like, you can't just accelerate your engine by playing develop 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 you, you have to actually slow down and pace your engine a little more uh it's a little, little, little mm-hmm. kind of catch-up mechanism but just stops one person from being out build, building up a particularly efficient engine and just executing it over I don't and over, think over that's again a Problem
0: if it, that effect applies to everyone potentially yeah i don't know <laughs> i think i know why it's there they just want it to be a bit gamier but you know, I, I, I do I, like
1: that interaction, though, like that, that trying to guess it's, 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 a, it's a nice little element of indirect interaction, trying to anticipate what someone is going to, to play next, I think, because right. like, you, you're hoping out for a production action, you really, you really need to money, but do you don't, you don't like, you don't want to take the time to actually to to do a production phase yourself you're like trying to guess or is someone else likely to do production this round and i can sort of piggyback off them and do something else with my action so that's a a nice little point of friction there i think
0: although i would argue that you have that same level of mind reading and player interaction and second guessing in race for the galaxy which is a game that takes a fraction of the time to complete well yeah i mean I have seen
1: some people say they prefer Race for the Galaxy. Uh, that I mean, that that is a truly streamlined experience, and that everything is cards. You your resources are cards, your planets are cards, your developments are cards. Everything is cards, and. Sometimes I just want a little bit more. I want a, want a little. I, I, I like a little cube pushing in my in my space <laughs> empire game well, or empire game, but like my science fiction game. Just you actually have resources to move around and tracks to go up, and it's all just a little bit more tactile. And I, I think that's worth it, to be honest, as a as a just slightly more fleshed out experience.
0: Yeah, I, I just think it doesn't have to be all the way this far to one side. Even Race for the Galaxy itself uh, clearly has copious amounts of expansions that add degrees of complexity, degrees of extra overhead. But in most of those cases, those are entirely optional. So you can choose how many more degrees of complexity you want and game length you want to add. You're not starting at 80% of the game length, you know, 75% of the game length. So that part of the game is different, and it mostly directs the play of the game. And by its very nature, because it's simultaneous it means that there aren't turns. Mm-hmm. So one of the big frustrations that I've, I've belabored to you, I've whinged to you, is that there are some really fiddly points that occur when some actions do have to happen simultaneously. Thankfully, they're limited to only a few different situations, but it's typically when players can reach the end of tracks or flipping of oceans that it is possible for multiple players to to be able to afford to raise a track a number of steps or to flip a number of oceans so in a turn-based game like terraforming mars it wouldn't be a problem because whoever gets to it first gets to it first but in this game because everyone can ease playing at the same time you share in the choices, but you still have to talk to each other and coordinate that. Yeah, that so say, say, say
1: there's uh, the, the temperature has three more clicks to get to the, the top of the of the temperature gauge, and like one person might be able to spend three to push it up to the end, but the other the other two players may also have money to push it up one or two spaces. So within that within that turn that the temperature is going to be completed, everyone can. Spend as much as they want to increase temperature as much as they want, even though it's going, going to go up those three spaces. And I mean th- that is is a little fiddly, but it's a, it's only for that one final point of the game. It's, it's it's a bit of a optimize. Like you have that one opportunity to to go all out and and maximize that. And I think I think it's more of a problem with the UI as we discussed. Maybe there was a, maybe they were, they are a little too beholden to that layout of the original Terraforming Mars, and they could have come up with a different way of representing that temperature increase perhaps
0: right so that's one of those areas where i do think the base game is more elegant because it didn't have to introduce this edge case solution because the initial solution didn't have the potential to create those dogpiling effects in in that sense i think the original game is more streamlined because it didn't introduce unnecessary complexity it depends on how you're defining
1: streamlined. I mean, to me, just the whole, the, the, the very nature of having it turn based just drags that game out so much, especially if like, every, everyone everyone's passed and one person just, is just playing out their turn and has another 10 actions. And I mean, it, it, it can slow down the game or just while you're waiting for your turn, where this is much more snappy. If not streamlined, it's at least more snappy just as you're playing simultaneously. <laughs>
0: Well, you only get to choose one or two things on your turn in the base game, anyways. But I don't want to become this is a case of, you know, this or that. Other differences uh, that I miss is that turn based, the turn based nature of the base game leads to more tension, as in, I have to prioritize this because if I don't get to it, the other person will pick it up. Key examples of this are the bonuses that happen along the tracks the oxygen and the temperature tracks when players are about to advance it beyond a certain threshold, the one player who uh, advances it gains a certain bonus. So there's Mm -hmm. this very juicy degree of player interaction that happens at, at key points throughout the game. There's a couple of them earlier on, I believe on the temperature track, there's only one on the oxygen track, but depending on the timing you can kick it off so that there's this little cascade of bonuses and you can even trigger a second bonus so that's a very juicy scenario and you see the players very much sort of sitting at the edge of their seat when that sort of situation comes up as in they're eyeing each other can this guy afford it (laughs) are they going to be able to pull it off this turn should i do this thing which would be more optimal first or should I play this now because I don't want to lose that opportunity? Like those tense decision-making opportunities are just not available because you can't have that track when it's all simultaneous.
1: That's fair. But I so mean, that, that only happens fair. two or three times a, a, a game. Like it's not that it many. It's only, you know, mm-hmm. there's only, there's only a couple of them on the track. It's not a huge part of the game. And it, I mean, it's... It, the benefit of getting it feels good, I guess, but like the the, the rewards aren't that huge. All things it considered. happens
0: four <laughs> times on the tracks, and then it happens three times with the awards and three times with the milestones.
1: Okay, the, the 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 awards and milestones I give you, I think that's what's one thing I would like to see returned, and they and they are returning that with the um, upcoming expansions. They've, they've just a few months ago did a Kickstarter. And there's like three modules basically coming to this, and one one of those is they they return the milestones, and I think that's a, a nice level of. Friction and it is actually adding a, like that race, like something you're collectively racing each other for. I think that would add a, a nice point of um, interaction for this. Right.
0: Yeah. I'm surely they are adding it because it is a clear oversight that they removed it, and they probably removed it for the sake of reducing the complexity and reducing the cost. But judging base game to base game, that tension is purely missing from Ares Project or Ares Expedition I should say. Yeah, Sorry, I, mean, it, I was getting that mixed up.
1: <laughs> well, it was it was another point of confusion that someone someone in our group pointed out that um Jeff Engelstein the the the, the father of, of, of Sydney yeah, had yeah. had also designed a game called Ares Expedition that was uh, an old what's the
0: not just Jeff Engelstein's but Steve Jackson also game, I think wasn't it? <laughs> but also it's a Z-Man game. And yes. it was <laughs> Jeff Engelstein's uh, son, sorry, I don't know the name off the top of the hat, but it was two Engelsteins <laughs> on the Ares project and one Engelstein on the uh, Ares expedition. Right. <laughs> <The> gaming trivia. <laughs> Getting back to where we were. Okay. Sorry. You know what? I'm going to let you talk about one of your points. Cause I feel bad monopolizing.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do like, I think there is a point to, to a being stream. Like I said, that if you, if you want that big meaty decision space, the original terraforming Mars is still there. This is trying to do something different, even if it, you might consider it lesser. But I mean, in, in the sense that there's less interaction. Uh, but it, it's just sometimes you want that type of game where you can just focus on your own little engine building. There's no, there's no like, attacks. Like I remember in the original, you could uh, fight, kill each other's um, animals, for example. Like that's not really here. You can just focus on your own little engine. And not be worrying about other people coming in and, and eating your pets. <laughs> so I mean, there's it, it's, it's definitely a charm to those sort of games, just solitaire engine building, ostensibly. Uh, there is, there is little areas of, of friction with the the interaction. Like I said, the ha- when you're activating those those phases, like when when you like trying to activate an action phase, action phase being when you can actually push those tracks up, spending resources to push those tracks up. You might like very selectively doing that when no one, when you have the resources, but no one else does, can be quite key. So these little um, areas where you, it does encourage you to look at other people's resources at the very least, and, and trying to to intuit what they're going to do, but it's a, it's a much more friendly version of,
0: of of that interaction. I feel, and I I like the the pacing of that. I really like the action phase. Actually, that's one of the parts I like the most about. Ares Expedition, and I I don't want to make it come across as though I hated Ares Expedition because I'll I'll tell you what my final (laughs) verdict is uh, soon enough. But uh, there are aspects of it I really enjoy, and I think the um, action uh, phase uh, is is one of the more successful versions. And the thing that distinguishes it the most from a very similar, uh, what could be very similar games like Risk for the Galaxy.
1: And obviously, you're very much beholden to the original game uh and and there's like no no harm in that so i mean anything anything less than that is going to be exactly that perhaps it just didn't doesn't differentiate itself quite enough i guess to to really stand on its own if you're i want to make it very clear that
0: (laughs) i'm coming this from not just comparing this to the base terraforming mars i'm also comparing it to Two other key uh, spacefaring card-based games that I enjoy a great deal. So Mm, so um, this is sort of my somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. So on one end of the spectrum is 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 probably terraforming Mars. Isn't even the most complex (laughs) space-themed strategy game. Obviously, there's so many that we've played, like Beyond the Stars, or that we've talked about, like Eclipse. Even behemoths like Twilight Imperium that we don't need to go at length and talk about here. But I'm primarily comparing it to uh, short to medium length strategy spacefaring games that have cards as a primary component, which is a mouthful. Hmm. So Terraforming <laughs> Mars at one end of that scale and Race for the Galaxy base game being at the very you know swiftest, shortest, most streamlined end of that. The other game we talked about in the Terraforming Mars universe, oh, the name is escaping me right now, the game that we covered. Uh, uh, new frontiers. New frontiers. New yeah. frontiers. <laughs> New frontiers, adding a little bit of wrinkle in there, but that's not really the game I was comparing it to. Is uh, I was talking about eminent domain, right? Yes, which I've talked about before. You know, it's one of my more uh, most favorite games. It's its base game is is fairly streamlined as well. I would say just a little bit more going for it than base race for the galaxy, but. It has an elegance in how the roles are selected there that I think I, I, I prefer. I, I, I honestly do. To Ares Expedition, I think it's cleaner. I think it's tighter. Some of the expansions for that game are not perfect, but neither are the expansions for Terraforming Mars. So I would say that that's my preferred streamlined card-based sci-fi strategy game. And I prefer a game more at that length if I was to choose an alternative to a more lengthy, complex game. I'd rather play a game that's really meaty at 60 to 90 minutes to a game that's somewhat addled with busy work and a lot of unnecessary uh, uh, management at 90 to 120 minutes. That's just sort of the way I feel is if you're going to make something streamlined, make it more streamlined and go all the way
1: this is like a 60 minute game in my experience so like we've we've played it on on online a couple of times where it's a little more fiddly i think in person Mm -hmm. it it flows a little better uh and like that's one of the okay one of the things i I like about this is i have the 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 collector's edition that comes with the dual layer boards which actually like you said that's unnecessary but look look how just how many people how many third market Uh, sellers are there selling dual layer templates for the original game. That's not a good (laughs) argument
0: for a product (laughs) existing. Just that people will buy it doesn't mean that it's necessary.
1: There is a need there. like The the fact that there's so many cubes being pushed around that they get jostled out of place. Uh, And perhaps that's uh, uh, something that he said about how the original game like there's just, there's just too many cubes to begin with like you've got how many tracks is it? six seven tracks you're trying to push up and if any of those get jostled you'll just lose complete track of, of, of where you're at. so I think it's a nice little touch having those and the, you've got trays for the resources so this game can be set up and be, you can be like pull out of the box ready to go in about two minutes. so there's there's very there's a little bit of fiddliness like the oceans in that but all things considered I think it's a very easy to, to pick up and play because you've just hit the cards. You're not worrying about the tiles and the, the
0: other the player boards and everything. I will uh, admit that there are experiences that I've had that maybe you and I haven't had the same uh, experiences. Uh, I've only played this game at one, two, and three. Yes, I've played solo. I think that the game has dragged uh, in, in all of those lengths uh, in my perspective. Uh, surely I'll get faster at solo once I play it more. And that would be the case with those other numbers as well. Two or three players once those players have played it more. But Race for the Galaxy doesn't take long, no matter whether you're a novice or, or an experienced player is what I'm saying, right? You're, you're no. not shaving off half of the game yeah
1: i mean this is different enough from race for the galaxy it doesn't have to be better like it doesn't have to be doing that same thing i I, it does do different things to race for the galaxy that 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 it doesn't feel like i i I like having the the actual resources tracked this is like race for the galaxy doesn't have a real engine building like it's over and done pretty quickly you have a few abilities that you're comboing but you're not really building an engine
0: in race for the galaxy and like i don't know i don't know if i'd agree with that i'd I would say that you are building an engine, but it's not a particularly deep or convoluted one. It's one that's tight.
1: Yes. I mean, and this is this – is, so air session sprawls a little more. You'll you have a, lot, a much bigger tableau, and in that you have a, a slightly better opportunity for – more combo building I think like you can you've you've got a bigger tableau bigger engine just more opportunity for combos there and some of a lot of those cards are very 100% 100 the same thing I know. I, I, I do like that it's a, it's a slightly beefier version of Race of the Galaxy. I like having the actual resources to track. I like
0: pushing cubes. Um, and yeah, I, I will it give is, you a two... This is fine. I think we're not really fighting against <laughs> each other. I just think we're saying I subjectively like this part better yes, and yeah. you subjectively like that part better. I will, I will give you... and can a, be fine, right?
1: I will give you a two plays. It, it does drag a little bit, partly because of this whole mechanic of that so the game ends when you push these three tracks up and that ex- requires the same amount of investment whether it's two players or five. Right. And so two players fighting to two have to invest just as much resources as five players put together. So I think at two, there's a much bigger buildup of, of that engine building phase having to get those resources generating to begin with. And I, I think three is the most I've played it with. I think, but even the difference between two and three feels quite distinct we had like so so many fewer cards in our engine in the three-player game that it feels a little more snappy so perhaps that's that that, that may be affecting it a little bit that um, it, 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 it does feel a little more streamlined at a larger player count where you're all pushing that simultaneously and it can move at a, a more snappy pace
0: i haven't played the game at uh, greater than three players so i'm certain that that has an effect on the speed of the game, I have no doubt that more players basically pushing those tracks further at the same time will have an effect on the gameplay. So maybe that's me. That's my blind spot that I haven't had the chance to play at that player number. And, uh, you know, I think I would like to keep trying this game out. I mean, I own it. I actually really like it. And I actually really like it (laughs) as much as I do Base Terraforming Mars. If, if that's the surprise revelation <laughs> that you've been waiting for, uh, that's, that's it right there. Is There are things that I can recognize are distinct and different and good about this game, despite the fact that I can recognize that there are distinctly and objectively good things that this game strips away from the um, uh, big sibling.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there are certainly flaws. I, I have some other critiques to make of this, and perhaps I've been a little, little too positive in trying to push back against what sounded like a very negative review from you. But, I mean, one thing I think it behooves us when we've been playing two players, how many times did we both play the exact same phase? Like it feels like at least half, like half of the time, we both ended up playing the same phase, which again slows down the game. If we were if we were both playing distinctive like different phases, it would be moving along at a more snappy pace. So perhaps perhaps we're too in sync, Mark, in that sense.
0: <laughs> uh, hey, that's. Uh... That's not a bad thing, and maybe the next time we play, it will be different because we'll <laughs> inside each other's heads more.
1: So I, I think three players is require. I think is probably the sweet spot. I'm not sure what BGG says, but it, it's a little more dynamic. Dynamic in uh, in in bouncing off multiple players, I think. So I th- I think perhaps that's where it really shines. You did briefly mention it, it, there is a solo mode, which I think has its pros and cons. Partly that I, I think the actual AI. That you you play against is pretty streamlined. so you basically have you, you have a deck of the, the five phase cards and you draw one of those at random for like you you play a phase card and the AI will draw a random phase card and so and you activate those two as if it were to play a two-player game but then you keep drawing from that same deck without returning those cards so the the decks getting smaller and smaller there's only five cards so and, and, and so each round you can get more and more, less or less a chance of, of you have a better chance of guessing what phase is going to be activated. So at the end you've got like, you know on the on the fifth and final card, you know exactly what phase is being activated and you can sort of plan around that. So it's sort of this dwindling push your luck element that I, that I quite enjoyed. And then that, basically you do that five times. So it's 25 rounds. You, you go through that deck five times and it's little peaks and valleys of how much certainty you have over what the AI is doing. so I like planning around that at the same time because you have to push all those those three tracks you have to do that alone. So we're, we're in a, a multiplayer game you might specialize in just you might really go all in on heat I I'm, I'm gonna generate a bunch of heat and, and push up the temperature and I'll let the others deal with the oxygen. We're in a solo game you have to do everything so it, it really behooves a more sort of a broader strategy. Uh, Although all those cards that are just for generating points, they're useless. Don't worry about those. <laughs> uh, so it, it does narrow what strategies are available to you at, at times, I think. So I, 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 it has its, its pros and cons. It, 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 it does play quite smoothly, but you don't really have the full range of strategy options there.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed the one time I played solo. I played the solo game of Terraforming Mars, Maybe not a hundred times. So I've probably <laughs> played it about 30 times, I think, uh, because I would play that on Tabletop Simulator before the desktop app, the, the one with the AI came out. So that would be my only way of playing solo for quite some time. And so I came, became quite adept at that. I really enjoyed the puzzle that that solo mode of the base game creates and it's a very different experience, I think you, you might uh, agree or not, but it's a very different experience than the Solo of, of Ares. And uh, the Solo of Ares is, is pretty elegant in that it does inject a, a smidge of a flavor of an AI, whereas base game Solo is just strictly a puzzle game. It's, mm. it's very much a solitaire game uh, in, in quite literal terms. So you might get mad at me at saying this again, but I think space <laughs> terraforming Mars solo is more elegant because there's fewer steps than Ares, but Ares did an admirable job. I enjoyed it. I think I won without sweating too much on the advanced mode, which is I think the normal mode. Uh, it's a little, little bonus every time you flip the deck of AI cards, but not too big of a bonus. Yeah, How about
1: yeah. I, I only played it a couple of times myself. I I beat it on easy, but was not able to beat it on on the default difficulty. And I think I get part of that. I think is you're very much beholden to card draw because it's on the, the you Whereas the base game, you, the the game is set is, is paced by the players. Here you have a you have a hard, very hard limit, and you have to hit that goal within that limit. And so if you just get a bad draw of cards, that might like it slows down your engine quite a lot. And that, that is, a, 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 you do feel that in the base game, sorry, in the, like in the multiplayer game, sometimes like the, there, there is like 200 cards and sometimes you just get a, a, a bundle of cards that don't work in your strategy at all. So the, like it lives and dies by the card draw basically. Uh, and I think that's a little more magnified in the solo game because so like a lot of the cards are particularly useful in solo.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a card game. No denying that. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the solo though. I will give it a, a few more tries before the digital version of the Ares Expedition comes out, which I'm sure it will.
1: Hopefully, yeah. Uh, I think I would think it would be. Uh, it would play quite smoothly. A nice uh, board game arena adaptation or something, but uh, whatever, whatever, whatever form it takes, yeah, uh, or so even, I think it's even a
0: phone app. I, I mean, yes, the, yeah. The, the the I haven't tried digital on a phone i mostly played on pc but maybe the card based nature of aries could even fit on a smaller device screen
1: yeah i mean that's that's one thing i i, I just realized we didn't mention is that like we, we mentioned that there was a lot, a lot of we had this ensemble artwork uh in in this game so the the, the cards do look a lot prettier in this it's like it's not like building a tableau of cards is a lot more satisfying in this game when you have all this beautiful illustrated artwork every card is unique i mean if, if not mechanically and at, at least looks unique in artwork so you you have that if, if that if that floats your boat then i guess that that, that is there i mean i'm, I'm surprised so many people it, like the original terraforming mars is is huge in spite of its production value i think it's like in many regards it was like basically clip art or just like fo- f- f- stock photos basically whereas a lot more effort has gone into Ares Expedition uh, to, to illustrate it. They've obviously taken that, that criticism to heart, so I, I, can, I can get on board with that as someone who leans into the theme quite a lot.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. I honestly think that Ares Expedition is a prelude, excuse the pun, before a Terraforming Mars second edition. I mean, it's quite obvious, and maybe it's been announced and I'm not aware, but it's quite mm. obvious that that is coming in the future just like they've done with Great Western Trail, which we've talked about and covered recently. So no doubt Terraforming Mars 2nd Edition is coming out. You heard it here first, folks. Well, they did do that big collector's edition just a year or so ago with uh, the 3D
1: tiles and everything, but it didn't shake up the artwork at all, obviously.
0: Right, yeah. That's why I think there's so many cards that have exactly the same names as Hmm. the base game cards do, is because this is the artwork for the new game. I, that's the reason why I don't own Base Terraforming Mars because I think I would be embarrassed myself to own it. No knock on anyone who <laughs> has who plays it and enjoys it. I have played it and enjoyed it, so no knock on the game. But the production quality of the base is laughable. Yes, for
1: the price, especially. Yeah,
0: right, and tier worthy in other cases. No, no knock on the board or the pieces or the, anything physical, but the card art is just a joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I think some of the cards, there is a little bit of similarity in the cards. Like sometimes you get it like I, you draw five cards. And, okay, this one gives me two heat. This one gives me five heat. This one gives me three heat for a variable amount of money. Like they, a lot of cards do the same thing, just tweak slight amounts. And you know, how the card draws that you don't often don't feel like you have a lot of options. I, I'd like I'd like to see a little bit of some variance. Obviously, the, the original game has a lot of variance in how you draft cards. And perhaps there'd be another way that they could approach this. So I don't recall if they're doing anything with that in the expansions, but perhaps a new way of, of, of drafting the cards, at least at the, maybe at the beginning of the game. You get, I think it's one free mulligan, but maybe if you drafted some cards, it could feel a little more
0: agency, at least how you start your engine, perhaps. Right. Like I said, I enjoy uh, Ares Expedition. I think the future is bright for this game. And I think I at this point... Maybe I might be tired of Bayes Terraforming Mars from playing it hundreds of times, but I think I enjoy it a little bit more. has a little fresher coat of paint, so I, I'm definitely eager to keep playing it, and I think it's worth a buy, especially at the much lower uh, entry fee
1: yeah i mean it's it's half the price and a lot prettier and plays in half the time <laughs> so yeah i i, I really I, I really enjoyed this one
0: <laughs> that's that's a thumbs up right there three great reasons to buy a game that it's fun to play <laughs> yes yes definitely uh yeah, we should we should play it in person sometime yeah 100 percent. although we'll need a big table because just like the base game this game is a super table hog yes yeah you need a lot of space a lot of space
1: for those cards <laughs>
0: Your tableaus are going to be giant like few other games I can think of
1: we need to start I think we need to stop focusing on the on the engine building phase and just, and just get get ahead and terraform it already
0: <laughs> okay a couple more points before uh, we wrap it up because I think you know you you understand where I'm coming from with this game continuing on my list of gripes is I missed the spatial puzzle of building the cities <laughs> and the forests and the ocean that is a very fun mini game almost a game in its own right in terraforming mars quite obvious that that's a place where they could cut the tension but at that point i wish they went all the way and replaced the uh, oceans with a deck of cards because there's Mm -hmm. quite literally no reason to have tiles in that case the relationship doesn't matter and you don't place any cities on the map itself Mm mm-hmm Yep. No, I I,
1: I can get on board with that. It's uh, The the, the way the tiles tiles are laid out It's quite fiddly to grab them, I think. So, yeah, I was literally discussing our game tonight. I think just uh, throw a deck of cards in there instead or something and maybe tweak the UI a little bit.
0: Yep. Otherwise, the cutting of the energy resource from the base game, I think it was a smart choice. Yeah. It was confusing to a lot of people. Initially, me, I had to Ask the rule teacher multiple yeah. times how exactly it worked because. Although
1: I wonder, to wonder how much yeah. of that is because you're so familiar with the old game, though.
0: I said it's a good thing that they got rid of it. Okay. All right. All right.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little conf- confusing to understand, though. Still, I think because rather than ha- rather than though those steel and and titanium discounts built rather than you you generating those resources to spend as a discount, you just have a flat
0: discount. Like you, you have a. Oh, you're you're talking about the resources. I'm talking about energy itself. And energy. Oh, like heat. You mean? Oh, no, I, I see. That's right. Energy.
1: Heat. Heat transitions into energy. That's yes. right. Yes, yeah, so I completely forgot that was even missing. Yeah.
0: I actually prefer collecting the steel and titanium because it's a little bit clearer what you're doing because it, it works more consistently with the other resources that you're collecting something as opposed to having a a flat discount and. Because you have that flat discount, you can actually really abuse it by being able to play cards of one resource type when requiring one type of resource essentially for free multiple times in a row by the mid to later game, which the smart players will do Mm -hmm. to their advantage. (laughs) Every time, every time I
1: try and focus on that strategy, though, I just never get the cards I need to, to make it happen. So sometimes you're a little
0: bit beholden to that. <laughs> well, next time let's try when we play in person to do the multiplayer uh, card draft. There is a drafting version, right? There has to be. No,
1: no, not not in the base no? game.
0: Oh, no, just that's, I'm, that's what I'm drive. curious about. Yeah, if, if oh, they. Oh, that's they another thing I miss now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't let me harp on about this. I have no more complaints. I fully endorse Ares Expedition, and I think it's a good game to play.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the expansions coming out and seeing how that mixes things up. I think I'm looking forward to the milestones. I think that will added uh, just enough interaction back to this to to really add some some juicy tension. So, uh, and I think I think there's a, I'm Trying to remember what the modules were. There was, there was the milestones. There's one that's a co-op version. And I think one, one might have just been more players, perhaps. But I think in all of
0: those, is just more cards as well. It's an easy way <laughs> to expand a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Anything else you want to say about Ares Expedition?
1: No, I think, I think that does it, does it.
0: Very good. Well, let's talk about our next game. What are we covering for uh, our next video game? Well, you may
1: have already teased it, but I, we are going to take a look at Floppy Knights. Uh, I, I, should, I should have looked at the publisher, but it's uh, yeah, a new indie game on on Game Pass, or I assume it's on Steam, probably. <laughs> Deck building game mixed with tactics, like a, I, I've, you mentioned, Advance Wars was it, uh, I, which I've not played, but the yeah. top down isometric tactics game, like the, the, the grid, the grid tactics. So your, yeah. your fi- Final Fantasy Tactics, your, uh, what's what's the, Fire Emblem. Fire a Emblem. Fire yeah. Emblem, yeah. It's also um, more
0: Fire Emblem than FFT, but yeah.
1: And you're using cards uh, as a deck building game, using cards to manipulate the battlefield. So I've only played a little bit of that, but looking forward to trying it. We do have a guest lined up that we're excited to talk about. I don't know that we're announcing that just yet, but uh,
0: keep an eye on social media. <laughs> That's right. I'm excited about that. So I uh,
1: hope you all managed to get some great games in and remember to have a balanced gaming
0: diet. That's great. Great talking to you and uh, keep on playing a variety of games. <laughs> <Everyone out there. laughs> all right. Thanks, Mark. All right. Peace. Bye. Bye.